Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. I think I have a right fitting message for our church community. And it's found in James chapter 1. And if you didn't bring a Bible, that's okay. We have some scriptures we want to encourage you. You can go in your Bible app and you can read along with us. Or if you don't have one available to you, it's made available through our screens. And um, the title to our message is God speaking to us. And he's saying, I didn't give you that. Or, or he, we put it this way, you didn't get that from God. That's the title to my message today. God has given us so much, but there are certain things that God has not given you. And I think that we can thank God for all the things he has given us. Amen? Can we thank God for all the things he has given us? But there are some things that God has not given you. Give the title to my message to the person next to you or the closest person to you and tell them, you ain't get that from me. You ain't get that from me. I heard like three people say it, so I'm going to give everybody else another chance. You ain't get that from me. James chapter 1 verse 17, and it says, everything good comes from God. I mean, I think I could preach right there to somebody if you didn't know. Everything good comes from God. Every perfect gift is from him. These good gifts come down from the Father who made all the lights in the sky. But God never changes like the shadows from those lights. He is always the same. There's another verse that says he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Which is to say in this context that your circumstances can change, but your God remains the same. And your circumstances can be good one day and bad the other. But you need to remind yourself that God is good. And because he is good, he is consistently good. He doesn't change. And what he gives is never bad. What he gives is good. This is the verse I just want to use as our introduction to to the message. It's just an introduction to the message because over and over you'll see in the Bible where it says that God gives you good things. God blesses you. But there's these moments in the Bible that began to pick up on a pattern in the Bible. Where it would say things like, God did not give you that. It would say things, hey, you did not receive this from God. It'll say I give, but I don't give like other people give or as the world gives. And I just thought that there are things in our lives that we might be walking around with. There are things in our lives that we might be carrying. And God wants to let you know, listen, what I give is good. And what you're carrying, you might think is part of your personality. You might think is part of your character. But God wants to let somebody know today, God didn't give you that. He wants to let you know you didn't get that from me. Now, why is that important? It's important because if you didn't get get it from God, then it means that you don't need it. And I believe today that you can walk out without it because God didn't give you that. And if God didn't give you that, then it may not be good for you. And if it's not good for you, then it's not for what God has called you to do. God only gives you what you need. So I think that God wants to tell you today, you ain't get that. From me, Can we pray together? Can we bow our heads, close our eyes? Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus, for these next moments that we have together. I pray, Lord, that you speak through me as a vessel, Lord God. Less of me, more of you, till there's none of me and all of you, that I may decrease and that you may increase. That your love and strength be perfected in my weakness. In Jesus' name, I thank you that I pastor the most amazing church on the planet, Christ Uncensored that I'm married to the hottest woman on the planet, Lisa Remedios, and I am the father to some amazing kids. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody says amen. Can we welcome our online audience one more time? We want to say welcome home. If you're here tuning in, you can participate in the comment section. 
You know, last week we asked, do we have any parents in the house? And overwhelmingly, a lot of people said, yes, I'm a parent, I'm a parent. And we also found out that statistically that was a surprise for many of us. But after the surprise, after the surprise, I mean, how many of you guys remember the first time you became a parent? Like, you remember, can, we, can I take it back? Can we take back to the first time you became a parent? I remember the first time I became a parent 15 years ago. I know what you're thinking. No, he's not old enough to have a kid at 15. But oh, glory to God. Praise the name of the Jesus. I remember 15 years ago, I had my first child. Any parents remember the first child? The mothers are not so excited. They're like, yeah, we, oh, my God, let me tell you. All the fathers like, hallelujah, I remember, hallelujah. Mother's like, man, let me tell you. Like, I remember, because there's so many important things. Like, you know, the baby's, the baby's going to, I mean, on my, on my vantage point, the baby's going to, I'm going to about to see the baby. And, you know, there's so many important things. Pff, baby comes out, you're excited. I'm a father. And I remember, and I think there's so many important things, right? Baby comes out, pff, is it a boy? Pff, is it a girl? Okay. Uh, does it have ten fingers? Pff, does it have ten toes? Okay. Pff, any deformities? No. Okay. All the vitals are good? Yes. Oh, God. Yes. We're good. You guys remember that? All the important things? One mouth, one nose, two ears. All right. We're good. We're great. All right. Awesome. Everything's good. All those things are important, but none of those things I was thinking about. I'm going to be honest. There was only one thing on my mind. Does the baby look like me? I'm, I'm, I wish I could make this up. I was making this up. I was, I was literally thinking. Baby came out. Poof. All right, all right. Let's get all the. All, it looks like me. I won. I won. And all the parents with kids that look like them, you can say it right here. I, we won. We won. We won. We won. August 24, 2005 at 1.20 a.m., Bishop came into the world. And he came out looking like a remedios. He came out looking like his father. And 15 years later, I'm so proud of that. Like, I've walked into settings where people don't know me and they know him. And when I walk in, like, you ever walked into a gathering where nobody knows you but they know your kids? Like, let's just say, you know, you know anybody got baby mama issues, baby daddy issues? You know what I mean? Like, you walk into that family's house. And they see you, like that happened to me one time. I walked into a setting that they, not, they did not know me, but they knew my son. And the moment I walked in, they were like, I heard the whispers on the side. Oh, my God, it looks like his father. That must be Bishop's father. And you know, when you walk in, like you hear that, you walk in with a check. That's right. That's right. That's right. I see you. I hear you talking to me. I'm so proud of that. Like, do we have pictures of, of, of uh, the twins right here? Look at, look at that. That's my, that's my, that's my Bishop. That's my bishop until this day, everywhere he, he walks around, people will tell him, like, I'll introduce him. Hey, this is my son. They'll be like, yo, that's your boy right there. You could tell. That's your twin right there. That's, and I take credit for that. They'll be like, yo, he's so good looking. I'm like, you know what? He got those good looks from me. Your son is so intelligent. He got his intelligence from me. Oh, my God, he is, like, when he puts his mind to something, he does it. I'm like, that's right, because he got his determination from me. Now, parents, you know exactly what I'm talking about when there are times where they're just acting a certain way. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I'm, you know what I'm talking about? Like, there's sometimes, like, Bishop is acting a certain way. He's acting arrogant and cocky and braggadocious, and I'm like, you... All right, maybe you got that from me, but there are other things that you're just looking at them, and I'm, you're like, I'm, you know, I, I don't, you know, sometimes, you know, and what you want to say, you can't really say it, but you're like, I know you didn't get that from me. Like, you got that from the, the other side. You ever felt like that? Look, everybody's quiet, but like, nah, you can't, don't put me on blast like that. <laughs> like, you ever had that moment that they said something, and you're just like, hmm. Hmm, you didn't get that from me. I know what you got. You got that from your mama. That's where you got that from. And I have these moments where sometimes, like, you know that's your son. You know that that's your child. I don't know why Mel is smiling right now, but I'm just, we're going to go back to this side, okay? You know that that's your child, but you know 
that those characteristics and those traits did not come from you. Ese fue el papá. That's daddy right there. That's mama right there. Like you, you could tell that that didn't come from you. And I thought that that was amazing because I think sometimes God wants to communicate to us in his word that there are so many blessings that he has given us. There are so many things that he has equipped us with. But there are also certain things. I find it interesting how in the Bible God will tell us what did not come from him. God will tell us, hey, you didn't get that from me. You might be walking around with that. You might think that that's pers part of your personality. You might think that that's the way you were born. But can I tell you something? You didn't get that from me. Now, why is this good news? Because if you didn't get it from God, then you don't need to hold on to it. Why? Because the Bible says in James, the Bible says that God gives us good things. He gives us good things. And it also says that he has given us a perfect blessing or he has given us perfect gifts and I just think that we can acknowledge God on this Thanksgiving Sunday and say man God has really blessed us even during this 2020 season I think sometimes we're we 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 can look at everything around us and feel like there's nothing good that's surrounding us there's nothing good that's happening and this is the same kind of context and culture that James is speaking to He's contrasting verse 17 with verse 16 and beyond. He's saying, listen, you might be going through trials. You might be going through temptation. But sometimes it's important to take inventory of the goodness of your God. Sometimes it's important to take inventory of all the good things that God has given you. Sometimes we can just get so caught up with the superficial stuff that we can start saying, I'm not blessed. I don't have anything good going on for me. And, and James seems to tell his, his audience, listen, you need to take inventory of all the good that God has given you. Which is to say, listen, if you woke up with breath in your lungs today, that's a good gift. It might sound basic. It might sound elementary. It might sound like you're past it spiritually but God wants to remind you listen if you woke up with breath in your lungs if you woke up with clothes on your back if you're gonna eat a nice hot meal this morning I think it ought to allow us to give God a praise and say Lord we thank you for all the goodness that you have provided us with not only physical but spiritual for if you've been washed by the blood that's a good gift and that means that you have received goodness from God. That if your sins have been cleansed, that's a good gift. And that's a perfect blessing. And that means that you have received goodness from God. That if your mind has been renewed, that if you've been set free, then you have received of the goodness of God. I think that we can take inventory of all that God has given us. And that is the very thing that will allow us to overcome the circumstances that don't seem so good around us. James wants to, in some sense, state the obvious. Some sense state what we should know, but maybe we have forgotten. That you are blessed beyond what is it, what it is that you are experiencing. He wants to remind the listener that, listen, you have been blessed and God blesses you because you are his children. You see this pattern over and over in the Bible in 1 Thessalonians. You can read it in, in chapter 1, verse 1. It says, our God gives you everything you need. And sometimes we're wondering, why is it that I don't have what I want? Because God is a giver of good. And God gives you what you need because what you need is good. And many times we're asking for God what we want, but you don't understand that if God gives you all the time what you want... It assumes that you know what you need. But many times we're asking God for what we want because we don't understand that the thing that we want might not be good for us. And God is saying, I don't give you what you want all the time because what you want all the time is not good. And I cannot give something that is not good. I only give you what is good and perfect and a blessing for your life. So if you're asking me for something that you want that you think is a blessing, I know better. And I say, no, I can't give you that because if I give it to you, it won't be a blessing. It won't be good. It will actually be a detriment to your life. I only give good. He says, I, I give what... It says, our God gives you everything you need and makes you everything you're to be. 
I wonder how many times I've asked God to give me and bless me with what someone else has. Oh, don't act like, don't act, don't act like you don't be seeing those IG stories. Like I'm good sometimes with everything that God has given me until I go on IG. And God is saying, see, you, you don't understand that if what I give you makes you everything you're to be. So I give them based upon everything they are to be. And if I give you what I give them, you weren't meant to be like them. So if I give it to you, it won't be a blessing and it won't be good. It'll be a curse. I give it to them because it's a blessing for what they have been called to be. But I give you based upon what you're called to be. And the blessings I give you is so that you can fulfill your purpose. So that you can be made everything that I've called you to be. First Peter chapter 1 verse 3, it says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3, it says, Let us give thanks to the Lord, our Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for in our union with Christ he has blessed us. My goodness, he has blessed us. My goodness, he has blessed us by giving us every spiritual blessing in the heavenly world. What is he saying? Listen, if it looks like heaven, then it comes from me. I think sometimes we spend more time focused on the things that don't look like heaven. And God is saying, fix your eyes on the things above and you'll be able to see heaven on the things in earth. If it looks like heaven, it belongs to me. And look at the proper response to what God gives us. It says, let us give Thanks. Can we just give God some thanks right now with our praise in our, in our mouths, in our hand claps? Let's give him some worship in this place. God gives us everything that we need. Now it speaks about it in a general sense, everything that God has given us. And then it also goes to, throughout the scripture, it will begin communicating specific blessings. Like the Bible will say that God gives us authority. The Bible says things like God will give us, or God has given us love. The Bible says that God has given us the power to, or the ability to get wealth. I find it interesting that God says that I've given you everything good. Then it goes out through the pages of scripture outlining the things that he has given us and, 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 and blessings. And, and you'll see that even spiritual gifts he has given to the church, he has given to his children. You'll see this over and over in the pages of scripture. But as I began to study the scriptures one day, I began to see this pattern, as I said, this pattern of these things that God has not given us. And I just find that interesting because I'm like, God, why are you telling me what you are not giving me? It's like me showing up at Christmas and I'm saying, hey, I'm not giving you a Lexus today. It's like me showing up at your house and, and say, hey, listen, I'm not like, it doesn't make sense. Why is it that you're going to tell me what it is that you have not given me? And it's peculiar because you usually wouldn't say something like that, but God wants to communicate in his word the very thing that he has not given you. And, and the, the understanding there is that there are things that you, are, that you have embraced. There are things that you are functioning with. There are things that you have called normal. There are things that you have said, I've been, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, this is the way I am. I'm, I'm born like this. This is just, this is how I've been all my life. And God is saying, no, I didn't, I didn't, you didn't get that from me. Well, th this is just how I talk. This is just how I am. This is how I think. And God is saying, no, you didn't get that from me. So the understanding there is, is that there's a way that we function that God looks at. And he says, no, 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 you think that's the way you function. But I didn't create you that way. The world created you that way. The experiences of life may have created you that way. Well, I'm always going to be like this. And, 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 and Jesus wants to tell you today, no, I didn't give you that. You didn't get that from me. And the first time we pick this up is found in Romans chapter 8. I saw this and I was like, wow, we need to share this with our church. Romans chapter 8 verse 15. Look what it says. It says, you see, you have not received the spirit that returns you to slavery. He says, you see, you did not 
receive a spirit that returns you back to slavery. Another translation, remember he's speaking, to, he's, speaking, he's speaking to people who are going back to their old ways. Romans chapter 8 verse 15, in, in another translation it says, For you did not receive a spirit of bondage again to fear. And, and this term, spirit of bondage, is the same term that is used in Galatians chapter 5 where he says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. And do not be entangled again, look at this term, the yoke of bondage. The yoke of bondage. Say this with me. The first point I want to outline for us that God has not given us or it doesn't belong, it, it doesn't come from God. Here's the first one. God did not give me a yoke of bondage. Can we say that together? Say this. Say, God did not give me a yoke of bondage. Now let's, not, let's try not to sound like robots and let's try to sound like we, we're declaring this. God did not give me a yoke of bondage. God did not give me a yoke of bondage. See, when Paul is writing this letter, he's communicating to a group of people that he, here's what it looks like in context. It's this. It's the tendency to go back to the thing that God has set you free from. Woo. He's speaking to a people that had this tendency to go back to, to the thing that God has set us free from. In this case, it was the law. He says, God has set you free from the law. Why is it that you keep going back to the law? God is saying, listen, I've set you free from that. Why is it that you have a tendency to go back to the thing that you've been see, set free from? In a moment of transparency, could we ask the question, have you ever promised God that you weren't going to do it? And you did. I ain't going to do it. I ain't going to do it. I ain't going to do it. All right, I did it. Have you, have you ever promised that you wouldn't call that person in again because you know that they bring you to destruction? You promise, you, promise, you know, I'm, I'm just not going to, I'm never going to call them again because I'm just led into trouble one week later. It's getting quiet in here. <laughs> Two weeks later. Yeah, how you doing? Have you ever... Promise God that you will never get angry like that again. And a few weeks later, you're there. Have you ever promised God that you won't get jealous like that again? But I want to tell you today that God did not give you a yoke of bondage. He did not give you the tendency to go back to the thing that he, that he set you free from. He did not give you the inclination or the spirit that pulls you back into the thing that he set you free from. He says you can stand firm in your freedom. You can stand firm in my love. You can stand firm in my grace. You can stand firm in my freedom. It says stand firm. See, sometimes the difference between us moving forward or us staying, going backwards is are we standing firm on solid foundation? And, and here's the picture. The picture in, in the original language is this. It's this picture of, because we think that going back looks like this. This is, this is where God is. This, is. this is where God is. And we think that going back is like this. Many times we think going back is like, I'm sorry, God, I, I don't want nothing to do with you. That's not what he's saying. He's not saying, hey, don't go back. He's, he's saying, he's communicating like this. He's saying, don't go back to the yoke of bondage, which is the tendency to, to go backwards more than you go forward. <sighs> see, see, what he's talking about is not people that didn't want nothing to do with God. He's talking about people that are, are just not moving forward in their relationship with God. Oh, I, I wish I had an organ player right here. Just help me out, somebody. He's saying, listen, he's saying literally like this. Look, look, he's saying like this. Too much of my people take one step forward. Woo! But then take two steps back. 
See, this is the image that he's trying to paint here. The yoke of bondage is the kind of community or the tendency of taking one step forward and two steps back. I don't know about you. I've, I've spent seasons taking one step forward and two steps back. I've spent years taking one step forward and taking two steps back. And God is saying, listen, listen, I didn't give you the tendency to take two steps back. I gave you the spirit that allows you to stand firm in your freedom. And so many times we spend our relationship with God. I'm going to take one step forward, God. I'm, that's it. I'm going to give you my life. Woo! They're singing my song in church this time, Lord. I promise. That's it. I'm throwing away all my music. I'm throwing away Drake. I'm throwing away Future. I'm throwing away all the shows. I'm deleting my Netflix. I'm standing firm. And then it's late at night. And you ain't got nothing to do. And then somehow that, that show just comes on. <laughs> you know, just, uh, you know, it's not bad. Take two steps back. Woo, God. Come, ready for Sunday? Sunday's coming. Somebody, Sunday's coming again. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to give. That's right. I'm, I'm going to give. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take one step forward and I'm going to give. And then, you know, Con Edison shows up a lot higher than what it did for the last few weeks. God, it's not that I don't want to give. It's just I feel like I can't right now. I just can't. All right, Sunday. So right. you know what? I'm gonna make Sundays a priority. That's it. Sundays. I'm just. It's about you, Jesus. I'm gonna dedicate the first day of the week. I'm gonna give it to you. I'm gonna take one step forward. And then that job opportunity comes. Hey, I need you to work Sundays. From what time? Around four to six. Oh, you know, I just. It's not that I don't want to. I, just, I, I want to go to church on Sundays. All right, I'll catch it online, and I'm. I'll just. See, because what we don't understand is that every time we, we have made the decision to stand firm in our freedom, it's like an onslaught of the enemy comes our way to pull us back. See, the enemy is not, the enemy is not concerned whether you are saved or not. He's more concerned with, with you, whether you are effective in the kingdom or not. Like, I'm okay as long as you just stay where you are. I'm okay with that. Like, I'm, I'm good. As long as you stay defeated, as, if, as long as you're not in victory, as long as you, you say you love Jesus but you don't live it. Like, I, I'm okay with that. One step forward and two steps back. And this is what we see in the Old Testament. We see it in the Old Testament where the people of Israel, watch this, the people of Israel were set free through the ministry of Moses. He says, let my people go after ten plagues, the Bible says. After 10 plagues, the Bible says that the Pharaoh said, take your people, take all your stuff, take everything, get out of here. And then the Bible says that when they were set free, Pharaoh regretted his decision. I love that because it's a picture of what happens when we decide to stand firm in our freedom. It's a picture when we set our minds towards what God wants for us. It's the enemy. The Bible says that when you have been set free, it says that these spirits or these entities that are spiritually influenced by the enemy, the Bible says that they go get seven other spirits to try to harass you. Why? Because the enemy is not trying to let you go lightly or easily. And the Bible says that Pharaoh sent his chariots. Have you ever felt like the moment you said that you were going to live for God, all of the enemies, angels, and demonic spirits try to pull you back into the thing that God has set you free from. The moment you said you were going to forgive the person that hurt you, all of a sudden somebody does something. The moment you said, oh, you know what, I, I can't be talking like this. I'm going to speak like this. I can't be talking like this. I got to use my mouth to speak life. The most negative thing happens to you. And you're just like, blah, 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 blah. You're trying to pull your words back. Oh, I shouldn't have said, oh, man. The moment you said that you were going to live pure for Jesus, man, Halle Berry slid into your DMs. That's what, that's what, that, 
Ladies, the moment you said it's just me and Jesus, Jason Momoa liked your picture. That's what happened. <laughs> and it's sometimes like, like, have you ever, has anybody ever had like a roach infestation? Years ago, not now, but years ago I had a roach infestation. And it was crazy. Like I'm talking about crazy. Like you ever, you ever, like I don't know, I don't know if it happened to you, but it was, it was terrible. Like sometimes I walked into my own house and I just wondered like, Am I letting them live there, or are they letting me live there? <laughs> like, I, literally, I, I walked in one time, I walked into it, and I looked at the sink, and there were like eight cockroaches right there, and I thought I was intruding. I was like, oh, my bad, I'll shut up the lights, I'll see you in the morning. <laughs> like, and I remember as a kid, let me tell you, I, you walked into the apartment, it smelled like grave, you knew the whole thing, you see the, all the traps, right? And I remember one time, like, my parents got... An, ex, uh, uh, an extinguisher, and he set up bombs everywhere, and they were, the bombs were just all over the place, and we walked out for a whole day, and we walked in that, late at night, we walked back in, and guess what, all those roaches were dead, I see, ah. they were dead, it was, it was like so amazing, like I was looking at them, I was like, oh my God, look at all these roaches, they're dead, and we swept them up, we cleaned them up, they were done, they were gone, a few months later, they're still gone, and then the thing that brought the roaches in the first place, because you know you're good, right? Like I was like, don't eat in the car for like the first six months. And then you open the bag of chips. And the next you know, you're having a 444 from Wendy's in the back of your car. And that's what began to happen. It's that, it's that tendency to kind of like, eh. It's, it's the tendency to dismiss the beginning of bondage. This is what he's... Because this is what the people of Israel were doing. They were like, they were like, it's okay. Like we could still sacrifice animals. It's okay. Like I know Jesus Christ died for us. I know, but we could, we could still do it. Like I, I know Netflix is here, but we could just pretend like Blockbuster still exists and let's just take a walk. It's the tendency to go, to go back to to ignore the beginning stages of bondage. And I want to let you know today that God has not given you a yoke of bondage. That God did not give you a spirit of bondage. That God did not give you the tendency to go back. Look what the Bible says. It says that he has given you the spirit of sonship. He has given you the spirit of adoption which cries, Abba, Father. He says, I did not give you this tendency to go back. But look at the picture that Paul's trying to communicate here. He's trying to contrast your, your yoke of bondage with the spirit of adoption. Look what he's saying. He's saying, listen, maybe, maybe the reason that you have a tendency to go back to the thing that I've pulled you out of, out of is because you don't know that I have fully adopted you. I didn't just make you part of my team. I have fully embraced you. Maybe the reason that you go back and you pull yourself from me is that you have not fully embraced that you have been fully embraced by God. What if the reason that we might function with the tendency to go back to the thing that God has set us free from is because we haven't fully embraced that we have been fully embraced by God's love. Those four people clapping, I'm going to give everybody a chance. Because what if the medicine to your condition is to fully embrace God's full embrace for you? That God has fully accepted you. That he has completely accepted you. That he has entirely embraced you. That he has totally, totally received you with no condition, with no with no qualification, he has fully accepted you as you are where you are. So much so not to keep you where you are. This is why Jesus says, take my yoke. For my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. See, the yoke of bondage is this strap that they would put on animals. Farmers, so that they can work the land. They can work the soil. And the idea there is, that's why the Bible says, don't be unequally yoked. See, for us, we don't understand that term because unequally yoked, it means we're not at the same level. Right? So the Bible says that don't be yoked up to the bondage. But Jesus says, take my yoke. 
He says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. See, the picture there is that there were animals that sometimes would be paired up with, with other animals that weren't as powerful. So the one that was dominant will take the lead of what the yoke was. So if the dominant animal went left, guess where the weak animal went? It went left. If the dominant animal went right, then, then you'll have these, these patterns. This is what it will look like. And the Bible says, take my yoke. Jesus says, hey, take my yoke. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Here's why. Because when you're yoked up to me, I do the heavy lifting. I do the leading. I do the picking up. I do the toiling. All you got to do is go along for the ride. Take my yoke. Because my yoke, I just see the Lord putting his arms around you and saying, let me pick you up and carry you. And let me do the work in your life. Let me be the blessing and the blesser in your life. God is saying, you didn't get that from me. You didn't get the tendency to go back. The second thing that God did not give this, write this down and say this with me. God didn't, didn't give me. Say that with me. One, two, three. God didn't give me a spirit of fear and anxiety. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, it says, for God did not give us a spirit of fear. He gave us a spirit of power and of love. And of a good mind. For God did not give us a spirit of fear. He gave us a spirit of power. He gave us love and of a good mind. And in the context, um, Paul is writing to Timothy who during that time was, was operating under a spirit of fear. Now, there's a difference between having fear and having the spirit of fear. I'm going to let that... God did not give you a spirit of fear. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't be afraid to put your hands in the fire. You know what I'm talking about? God gave you those things to be cautious and careful. You know what I mean? It's like my, my, my little brother, the first time he stuck his finger in an electric socket. That was the last time, right? Never doing that again. But sometimes those events don't just teach us to keep away from danger. It keeps us consistently from moving from what's even healthy and well for us. And so he says, I didn't give you a spirit of fear. And what was happening to Timothy is that Timothy was pulling back in ministry. He was holding back in ministry. He was pulling away. He says, you know what, I didn't sign up for this. I know that the church was growing. I know that the church is going amazing. I know that the, everything is going good. But there are people threatening my life. There are people saying that I'm not qualified. And the Bible says that Timothy began to operate under this spirit of fear. Or uh, another way that's put, it's a, a, a spirit of coward, of being a coward, of, of timidity. See, sometimes we feel so strong and brave, but we struggle with being strong and brave in our calling. He says, God didn't give you that, that spirit that makes you hold back and operate in fear. And if you're constantly operating in anxiety and fear, here's what happens. You, been, you begin to limit yourself from doing the thing that God has called you to do. So if you've ever felt this, this, this sense of anxiety that keeps you from doing the normal day-to-day -day things of life, God is saying, I didn't give you that. If you ever felt the fear, the fear that makes you hold back, the fear that makes you feel like you're not good enough, the fear that makes you feel like you're not qualified, the fear that makes you feel like there's no way that God can use me, God is telling you today, you didn't get that characteristic from me. If you ever felt like you're just worried, you're just worrying about everything. If you ever felt like, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Listen, I'm not, a, I'm not the most worrying guy, I'm going to be honest. But in 2020, I think that even the person with the most confidence has been shaken at least to a pinch. And it's made you feel like, man, what? We had a leadership meeting Tuesday and I'm like, Lord, take the wheel. I'm not pastoring this church no more. You got to pastor this church. He's like, about time you told me that. You're operating with this sense of worry. Well, what's going to happen tomorrow? I don't, I, don't, I don't know. He says, I didn't give you that. It's not, it's not that you can't have that as a thought, but it, it is to say that you can't live from that place. I remember Selah, my daughter, 11 years old, she, and I asked her permission if I could share this story. And she said it is a blessing to others. Amen. And I remember Selah, I, um, she was telling me that she was dealing with anxiety. 
And she's like, I don't know what it is. It just gets the best of me. And then, I, you know, it happened a couple of times and we would pray. And then at one point she starts doing this. She starts going like this. She starts going, you know, it's just my anxiety. It's just my anxiety acting up. See, what, be, what, what was introduced into her life now become, be, started becoming a way that she accepted to function as. And I said to her, baby, um, if, a, if, a, if, a, if a thief came into this house and tried to rob us, would you call him, hey, that's my thief? She's like, no. I'm like, you wouldn't call it your thief, right? Why? Because that thing is out to get you. That thing is out to pull from you. That thing is out to diminish you. That thief is out to destroy you. So why would you call it your anxiety? Hmm. Hmm. I know, I know we have to be sensitive and careful with this, but I want to tell you as a loving pastor that God didn't give you that. I don't know who I'm speaking to today, but I want to let you know that God didn't give you that. And he's saying that if I didn't give you it, then you don't need to possess it as if it's yours. It might be anxiety trying to creep into your life and be the thief in your life. But you don't need to accept that anxiety. You don't need to accept that fear. You don't need to accept that worry. You don't need to accept that timidity. You don't need to accept that trepidation. You don't need to accept that in your life. I did not give you that. You didn't get that spirit from me. But I've given you a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. Let me tell you what I have given you. Why don't you say, why don't you start saying instead of saying, that's my fear, that's my anxiety, you just start saying, hey, that's just, you start walking around people and you just say, yeah, I know, that's just my power acting up. You know, that's just my love. Well, how did you forgive somebody? You know, I don't know, it's just my love acting up. You know, it's just my, it's just the spirit of a sound mind that's acting up. It's just the spirit of God's presence that's acting up in my life. I can't control it sometimes. Love just keeps flowing. Love just takes control of me. His power just takes control of me. This spirit of sound mind takes control of me. Because I didn't give you a spirit of fear that is built off of worry and anxiety. I gave you a spirit of love, of power, and of a sound mind. And I want to tell you the last thing that God did not give you is that God did not give me a counterfeit peace. I'm going to ask our worship team to come up as we, we close out this message. God did not give me counterfeit peace. Now, this is, this is an interesting one, and i got to be honest. If you're tuning in online, I want, you to, I want you to be here with me. This is an interesting one because I think for the most part, the tendency to go back to the thing that God has set us free from, there's an understanding and there's a connotation that that doesn't belong in my life. And though we've accepted it, we know it doesn't belong in our life. Deep within us, we know that, hey, this is not for me. Even though we've made exceptions for it, even though we've made allowances for it. And there's also an understanding that, that anxiety, I just God didn't create me this way with this, almost like this, this involuntary experience. Like I'm not volunteering to sign up for anxiety and fear and all of a sudden it takes control of me. It overwhelms me. God is saying it's not yours. So we, there's this understanding within our spirit that we know that that doesn't belong here. We're the house, we're the temple of the Holy Spirit, the Bible says. But this peace that I call counterfeit peace, I want to tell you today that God didn't give you that. And Jesus tells this to his disciples because he has this impression that the disciples have, have been functioning under a peace that is fragile phony and fake and in John chapter 14 look what he says he says I am leaving you with a gift what does God give he gives good gifts what does God give he gives good blessings and he says I didn't give you he says I'm leaving with I'm leaving you with a gift and what watch this a peace of mind I wonder if on this Thanksgiving Sunday, what our lives would look like if we just had a little bit of peace of mind. I know what everything that we've been going through, man, what a blessing it would be in our lives that we would have a little bit 
of peace of mind. He says, peace of mind and peace of heart. And the peace I give you, watch this, he wants to qualify it. The peace that I give you, look at the quality of this peace. It's not like the one that the world gives that's really fragile, fake, and phony. See, and sometimes we get so sucked into this counterfeit peace that we're okay only when our circumstances are okay. And that we're good only when things are good. And we're at peace only during the absence of chaos. But he says, I give, this peace I give you isn't fragile like the peace the world gives. So don't be troubled and afraid. See, the thing about this peace is that this peace feels like a virtue. And so we, we, know, how to, we know how to reject those habits that pull us back. We know how to reject anxiety because we know it don't belong. But many times we accept this, this, this fragile counterfeit peace. And I'm going to tell you right now, that counterfeit peace will keep you taking one step forward and two steps back. Because you'll, you'll seek, watch this, you'll seek relief from things that are also not meant for you just so that you can obtain this counterfeit peace. sometimes we go to relationships because we just we're just looking for a, a sense of of wholeness of shalom a sense of peace a sense of normalcy a sense of okay this is just this is this is when i feel at peace and we just try to escape the chaos and we're trying to escape the chaos of 2020 and we're trying to escape the chaos of what happens in the family we try to escape the chaos of our own inner world and we go to substances, we go to people, we go to different things that would just give us some relief. We start developing habits, we start doing things that we never do and God is saying, no, 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 no. Don't get hooked on that counterfeit piece. I give you a different piece. Watch this. This peace is not a feeling. This peace is a person. What's the person? Look what Ephesians chapter 2 verse 14 says. For he himself. It is only then that I begin to realize that God gives of his goodness. And the goodness that God gives is not these abstract things for what he gives he gives out of his nature and out of himself. For what he gives is himself. That when God gives you a spirit of power, it's God power. It's God love. It's God self-control. When God gives you a spirit of adoption, it's God adoption. It's adoption of himself. When God gives you peace, he says this kind of peace can be even in the midst of chaos. For this kind of peace is not fragile or fickle or determined by circumstances. This kind of peace is in the found in the person of Jesus Christ. Now watch this, watch this. You know how you can tell something is fake or not? So bank tellers, what they'll do is that they'll have you study the real thing so that you can determine when something is a counterfeit. So you have to study the $100 bill so that you can determine when someone wants to give you a fake $100 bill. What if today the way we were able to determine if something was a God piece or not piece or, or a fake piece is that we would spend time with the original copy. And he says, I give you nothing but good things, but I also give you peace so that you can know it's me that's giving it to you. I give you peace. That's why you don't got to rush into things. That's why you don't got to work. Can I tell you this message has been wrecking me. I'm like, God, why is it that I have such a hard time just remaining in your peace? When you spend time with the original copy, you can determine what fragile peace looks like. 
I know that I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go looking for that peace. I'm not gonna look to escape the chaos to try to find peace because I know in the midst of the chaos, the Bible says that he will never leave me nor forsake me. The Bible says that he is with me to the end of the age, that he has become our peace, that he has become my love, that he has become my wisdom, that he has become my courage, that he has become my grace, that he has become my abundance, that he has become my portion, that he is a good, good God. And what he gives is good because he gives according to his character. This Thanksgiving, man, let us not undermine the good gifts that God has given us. Let us remember that the things that are in our lives that he has not given us is a blessing because it means that we don't have to remain with it. Can we bow our heads in this moment? If you're tuning in online, I'm going to encourage you to bow your heads as we pray. Lord, I thank you, God, that you have spoken to our hearts this very moment. And I thank you, Lord God, that you became our peace. For your word says, Lord God, that you walked out of heaven. You put on human flesh. You became our sin that was crucified on the cross. You took the chastisement of our peace. You took the iniquities that we all carried out on the cross of Calvary. You did not only die for our sins, you died as our sins so that we can become the righteousness of God. And in righteousness, we reign in life. In righteousness, we have peace. In righteousness, we have self-control. In righteousness, we have love, we have power, and we have the spirit that you have given us of adoption. We thank you, Lord God, and we surrender to that. Listen, if you're here for the first time or if you're tuning in online, and maybe you're hearing this message and you listen, you're just saying, listen, I can't really articulate what, what's happening on the inside of me, but I feel like God has spoke to me in some way. I want to pray for you. And all I'm going to ask you to do is just lift your hands at the count of three and just repeat this prayer after me. Very simple prayer. If that's you at the count of three, would you lift up your hands? If you're watching in online, if you're, if you're, if you're saying, Pastor Roy, I, I feel like God has spoken to me. There's something that came alive on the inside of me. If that's you, would you lift up your hand at the count of three? Do this with me. One, two, three. Lift up your hand wherever you are. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. You can put your hand right back down. And I want you to say this prayer with me. Say, dear God, I give you my life. Do with me as you please. I look forward to this journey with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.